from Arsenal Audible, my name is Nathan, and this is the Arsenal Women's Weekly Wrap-Up. It's been a busy week for the Arsenal women, as they've had two matches, one in the Conte Cup and one in the WSL, with plenty of news coming out of those, such as Chloe Lacoste having a new chant from the fans, Beth Mead excited to be continuing her return back to the team, and Catherine Cool impressing in her Conte Cup start. Of course, there's other news, with Jody Taylor returning to the Arsenal women as Football Services Executive, two former Gunners are inducted into the WSL Hall of Fame, and even though it's only November, there are some transfer rumors starting to fly around. There's a lot of ground to cover, so let's get started. It's November 15th, 2023. Anita Asante and Ellen White have been inducted into the Women's Super League Hall of Fame in recognition of their incredible contributions to the game. The WSL Hall of Fame was launched in 2021 for the league's 10th anniversary season. Asante and White joined fellow club legends Kelly Smith, Rachel Yankee, Karen Carney, Katie Chapman, and Farrah Williams in receiving the honor. Asante began her footballing career in North London, first joining as a junior in the late 1990s and going on to rack up 160 appearances and 12 major trophies as a first-team player. These accolades include a UEFA Women's Cup, five league titles, four FA Cups, and two League Cups. The defender hung up her boots last season at Aston Villa and received a guard of honor in her final game at Meadow Park. Ellen White, meanwhile, made a total of 72 appearances as a gunner between 2010 and 2013. The prolific England striker scored 39 times during her three seasons at the club, helping us win the inaugural WSL title in 2011. White added another WSL trophy a season later, alongside two FA Cups and two League Cups. The pair were inducted alongside Lionesses legend Jill Scott at a special event at the National Football Museum. Through courage and determination, our squad pulled off an incredible comeback at the King Power Stadium to beat Leicester City 6-2. After going down two goals in the first half, we proceeded to score four goals in 12 minutes through Chloe Lacoste, Caitlin Ford, Alessia Russo, and Victoria Polova, Forcina Blackstenis and Lena Hurtig capped off the recovery with a fifth and sixth goal. Jonas Eideval had made six changes to the side that defeated Bristol City in midweek, as Amanda Illestet, Alessia Russo, Steph Catley, Caitlin Ford, and Manuela Zinsberger all returned. With Kim Little and Leah Walty out of action this weekend, Australian midfielder Kyra Cooney-Cross also earned her first WSL start, and Victoria Polova took her spot in the starting lineup. The incredible away support packed into the King Power Stadium to raucously cheer on our gunners away from home. Polova had an early chance after Chloe Lacoste intercepted a lesser throw in deep in their own half. The Dutch midfielder struck the ball sweetly goalwards, but it just brushed the near post. Neither side was able to find a clear-cut chance in the opening 30 minutes until Polova came close once again. Pouncing on a spilt ball and trying to chip the Leipzig in the Leicester goal, she missed the target by just a fraction. Down the other end, Lotto Wobben Moy prevented a near-certain goal-scoring opportunity for the Foxes. As the ball was squared to Deanne Rose in the six-yard box, our center back managed to get the slightest of touches to keep the ball out of reach. It wasn't to remain goalless for long, however, as the hosts showed the clinical edge we were lacking. Lester rewarded a corner, and Captain Sam Tierney nodded in at the near post. We barely had time to reset before the Foxes struck again on the counter. This time, Janice Kamen was able to slide into the box and slip the ball past Zinsberger, leaving us to rue our missed chances and with a lot of work to do after the break. What happened in the next 45 minutes was almost unbelievable as our squad utterly transformed their performance. Caitlin Ford switched play with a spectacular ball to fellow winger Lacoste, who showed great strength to shrug off her marker and convert through the keeper's legs. And then the comeback was on. 
took us a little over five minutes to get back on level terms. Captain Katie McCabe scooped a pass to Alessia Russo, entirely unmarked by the penalty spot, completed the move with a clean finish, one-on-one -on -one with Leipzig. Our momentum soon snowballed, and we struck gold yet again to take the lead for the first time. Ford was involved once more with a fine first-time finish after Russo played a perfectly weighted pass into her path. Three minutes later, player of the match Polova bagged a well-deserved goal to extend our lead. Cooney Cross broke on the counter and picked out Lacoste flying down the wing. Our Canadian forward was one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, but opted for the cutback to Polova, who bundled the ball into the net. With the game now relatively secure, Jonas Eidewald made a triple substitution to introduce Beth Mead, Stina Blackstenis, and Lena Hurtig into the game. All three subs came exceptionally close to increasing our lead within minutes of coming on, as we settled into a comfortable attacking rhythm and looked likely to score with every chance. Blackstenis did get on the score sheet in the 75th minute, after Steph Catley sent a superb through ball to Belova, splitting the Leicester back line wide open, Blackstenis was there to decidedly put the game to bed. Hertig, who looked particularly sharp after coming on, completed the route in stoppage time, courtesy of yet another assist from Belova. With our fifth consecutive win, our Gunners now move into second place behind Chelsea. We're not in action again until next Sunday, when we pay a visit to Broadfield Stadium to take on Brighton and Hove Albion. The Seagulls are fresh from a statement win over Manchester City this weekend, sitting in 8th position in the league. This match report was written by Emma Holbrook for Arsenal.com. Chloe Lacoste must be a happy gunner, and she must believe Arsenal has always been the right place for her. The way Gunners have expressed their love for her, she should be determined not to let them down. When Jonas Eideval approved her transfer in the summer, he must have had high expectations for what she would bring to this team. Last season, the Canadian international scored 22 goals in 15 league games for Benfica. Lacoste was a striker at Benfica, but Jonas Eideval has decided to use her versatility at Arsenal. He's been using her as a winger, the ex-Benfica player, and has not disappointed. She has two goals and an assist in five games. Gunners love her for a reason. She's not only performed well in front of goal, but she's also dazzled with her dribbles and overall performance. Lacoste, who won the WSL Goal of the Month in October, was excellent in the comeback win over Leicester, contributing significantly to the resurgence. She scored Arsenal's opening goal and assisted Victoria Polova's goal in our Gunners' 6-2 win over the Foxes on Sunday. Even though Victoria Polova was clearly the player of the match in that game, the Gunners at the King Power Stadium were so thrilled with Lacoste's performance that they composed a song for about her brilliance. Speaking via Arsenal.com, Lacoste had this to say about it. I've heard it, and let me tell you, my Twitter has been exploding about the song. It's incredible. It's been stuck in my head as well, so thank you to all the fans. I felt at home here since I arrived, and having that chant is just incredible. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to have that chant stuck in my head. Gunners never disappoint. The way they've been supporting the Gunner women is just amazing. Long may the support continue. And hopefully Idaval and the girls can repay the support by lifting the WSL crown at the end of the season. Chelsea women should watch out as Arsenal are developing into true WSL title challengers. The victory over Leicester was memorable, but it also exemplified the progress that Jonas Idaval is making with his squad, which he significantly bolstered over the summer. The Gunner women are improving by the day. As Jonas Eidevall admitted before the Leicester game, the Swede, via Arsenal.com, had this to say. I see as a team that we're going to develop during the season. We're far from our finished product, and if we use the time in the right way, we're definitely going to be able to develop and grow. And that's what I think you can see from this Arsenal side. Because the players have been training very well, applying themselves, and we go from game to game and learn new things. We develop together. Do we have room for more development? Absolutely. 
Arsenal's opponents should be afraid of them because they are trying to click. And with most other top women's team dropping points this weekend, it looks like Arsenal are developing into the one team that can challenge Chelsea women for the WSL title this season. The last two pieces were both written by Michelle Maxwell for JustArsenal.com. Being one of Idaball's finishers is making Stina Blackstenis a more lethal finisher, by Tim Stillman for Arsblog News. Stina Blackstenis has five goals in Arsenal's opening nine games of the season. Three of those have been from the bench, and all but one arrived after the 75th minute. The outlier is her goal against Manchester United in the WSL, which came at her 14 minutes in her only WSL start of the season. I will come on to why that game perhaps wasn't such an outlier in a moment. Calculating player minutes has become an even more imprecise science with the new directives around stoppage time, but I have Black Stennis as having played around 325 minutes so far this season, meaning she scored a goal approximately every 65 minutes. Of course, we are dealing with a very small sample size, and I wouldn't expect that sort of ratio to hold up for the entire season. Last, Last Thursday evening, WSL Beth Mead started Rachel a competitive fixture for the first time in 11 and a half months. Speaking season. shortly after the Gunners' 3-1 win over season, Bristol City, who was really Arsenal's only out-and-out center forward, average goal around every 200 the latest landmark Despite the small sample size from the season, I do think there is something very nice. Tennis's new role as a finisher. Impact it her really or nice to prepare for a game. Start a game. That suits her that fitness under my belt. The summer signing of Alessia Russo has seen her take a slightly reduced role. And it's been very hard to what we call a second every win. single game. It was great to come in today, already get a bit of fatigue, and she was trying to make the right decisions on the pitch and keep that quality in my play. For a start, it was what I needed are to build up to help him continue coming back Russo. from the ACL. But differences, too. Russo is far more inclined to drop into midfield and connect play. And she drops a lot deeper than Black Stennis does when has been in adjustment for her. And that draws the defenders away from their penalty area. Been tough. I think that creates a good situation for Black Stennis first to run the channels to Mead has been into. used to being a regular starter ever since she's been a club in the away from the penalty area. She's had to adapt to a new role and her strong running in the behind causes teams a different problem. It's been about knowing what I can get out of the games that I can come on and what I can give and bring a little bit of quality. Using us tiring defenders, we have to try to re-energize the girls. But she's also a good player to bring on when her teammates are tiring and it's a great running in the world off the pitch. As we see, as we've all explained. When you come on in matches, after it's a very, winner very against Manchester City, I think I've coped so because far. I thought not needed that was the way we're going to do it. Being compact, I'm heading in the right direction, deeper, and I hope that can Instead of trying to be hollow and playing inside, in the early stages compact, of the Bristol game, then, when there we is do a win noticeable ball, speed in our first play with Mead at attacking the, right the channels in the world, a pop as that passes are delivered more quickly and with more intent than we've seen in the winner. As McCabe hits her with a long ball into the channel. These are the sorts of goals far more likely to happen later in games, when opponents are tired and less diligent about chasing back, and when teammates are tired and more inclined to get it launched into the channel. In a sense, Arsenal are beginning to develop an attacking model where Russo softens them up and Black Stennis comes on to land a killer blow. On occasion, Black Stennis and Russo play together too, with Russo dropping into the slightly deeper role and Black Stennis ahead of her. In the Aston Villa game, Russo scores for stoppage time winner from the edge of the area, with Stina attacking the six-yard box when Mead tucks the ball back to Russo. It is a model I think we'll see plenty of times from the bench in this campaign, and not just when Arsenal are chasing games. Black Stennis came on at Leicester with a score 4-2 to play ahead of Russo. When you watch the Leicester goal back, Russo is deep in her own half, teeing up the counter, with Black Stennis at the sharp end of the pitch with the finish. Leicester were playing with a high defensive line, and Stina was well positioned to punish them. Her goal in the Conti Cup against Bristol City comes as the only occasion this season where she starts and finishes a game. But it is still a very game-state goal, with Bristol chasing an equalizer at 2-1 in stoppage time, Arsenal counter, and Black Stennis is better able to run in behind. The Manchester United goal is an outlier, only a sense that it comes in the first half of the game. 
The whole reason Cena started that game was because United played a high defensive line, and Idaval felt Blackstennis's ability at attacking the channels would be beneficial from the start. As he explained post-match, our thinking was that they'd be a little bit more vulnerable on the counterattack. We thought about how we wanted to set up our pressing and the zones we wanted to win the ball in. We thought we could use some key qualities with Steena's running in behind and Kim's ability to drive the ball forward and operate in the pocket. For the first goal, it worked very well. No player, let alone a striker, really aspires to be plan B, of course. However, a lot of Black Stennis's qualities are suited to game states that more commonly occur towards the end of games. Idaball talks a lot about swapping out his front line during the second half and the importance of finishers. For the time being, being one of Idaball's finishers is turning Blackstennis into one of Arsenal's most lethal finishers. We made a positive start to our Conti Cup journey on a brisk Thursday night at Meadow Park with a 3-1 win over Bristol City. Freedom Monum and La'a Wobin Moy gave us a two-goal cushion in the first half before the Robins pulled one back after the break. Stina Blackstennis was there, however, to extend our lead in stoppage time. Edival made nine changes to the team who lined up against Manchester City, with Kyra Cooney-Cross earning her full debut and Beth Mead stepping into the starting 11 for the first time since 2022. It was nearly a dream start within the opening 30 seconds, but Stina Blackstennis' clean finish after some neat interplay was ruled just offside. In her first start this season, 20-year-old midfielder Catherine Cruel was spectacular in the number 8 role, surging through the middle of the park with mazy runs, the ball glued to her feet. Australian Cooney Cross also looked sharp at the base of the midfield, showing her vision with a number of defensive splitting passes. After an early spill of fluid, exciting football, our gunners had a breakthrough before the half-hour mark. Beth Mead got her second assist of the season with a well-timed cutback to Freedom Monum, who then rifled the ball into the roof of the net, leaving the Bristol City keeper with no chance. We looked a good value for a goal soon after as our captain from the evening, Katie McCabe, struck from distance and forced a good save from Olivia Clark in the Bristol goal. It was Lotta Wobamoy who doubled her lead just before halftime. Our center back leapt high to meet a Cooney Cross corner and headed home for her first goal this season. Wobamoy's ensuing celebration was a World Cup promise to a young Arsenal and Lionesses fan, Izzy. We continued to dominate possession and attacking chances, and Malam was millimeters away from getting a second with a gorgeous curling effort that just whistled past the post. Our gunners continued in much the same vein after the break, settling into a comfortable rhythm. Completely against the run of play, we were caught napping during a Bristol set-piece, and the visitors pulled back a goal through Silly Struck. With Vivian Medima and Caitlin Fort entering the game in the 69th minute, we looked to reinstate our two-goal cushion. There were a number of near misses, including a Medima header from a corner that brushed the crossbar and a powerful shot from four that also hit the woodwork. Substitute Chloe Lacoste showed some silky skills on the right wing that continued to threaten the Bristol back line, but it wasn't until stoppage time that all the pushing for a third goal paid off. Cena Blackstennis bagged her second goal in as many games to cap off a solid display in the Conte Cup. This match report was written by Emma Holbrook for Arsenal.com. On recent weeks, and something she demands from herself and her teammates on the pitch. Against low blocks and back fives, you have to manipulate the ball well. You've got to shout to a lot of players, to use one or two touch, and not take too many touches and not get into battles with people. The goal that Frida scored was exactly that, in to out, around the corner and she made the right decision, and I needed to get the weight of the pass right for Frida to hit it the first time. We could have done that more in the game, and we might have been more successful if we're being critical. When we did, it caused problems. It's something we have worked on, but executing that all the time is easier said than done. The Bristol City game is a contrast to her big comeback just over three weeks ago against Aston Villa at the Emirates. Mead entered that match on 85 minutes with Arsenal trailing by a goal. 
Her introduction from the bench re-energized the crowd, and Arsenal went on to win 2-1 with two stoppage time goals, the second of which Meade teed up for Alessia Russo. KG game, lots of bodies behind the ball, 1-0 down, Beth recalls. I didn't think I would come on the pitch at that point. It was nice that Jonas thought I could come on and make a difference in that game. Meade says her role as super sub in recent weeks has taught her some new skills, which she applied in that Villa match. The good thing about being on the bench sometimes is that you've got a better view of what's happening in the game, and I think we've been forcing shots against a lot of bodies at that time. It helped with the assist that I got. I drew three players in, and Alessia was free and she scores the goal. In that sense, I'm trying to put positive on any situation. If I am on the bench, I can influence the game in a different way. It wasn't an easy game, it was an emotional one, and I think I avoided eye contact with anyone on the bench when I came on. Meade's arrival caused a ripple effect with the crowd that has continued in recent weeks, with her every jog up and down the touchline greeted with uproarious applause and chanting. Meade says the reception from the Villa game will stay with her. The reception was incredible, and it was nice for the confidence to come back in a game like that. Of course, Meade has not handled her rehab alone. Her teammate and partner Vivian Medima ruptured her ACL a few weeks after Meade last winter. Medima also comes on against Bristol City her second Arsenal appearance since returning from injury and her first one at home. Madima's arrival has also met with a rapturous response from the crowd. It has been such a long journey for both of us to get back, and we have, unfortunately, had to do this journey together, Meade reflects. But we've both had such a great reception from the fans. We love this club, we care about this club, and it's really nice to get that back from fans in the games. This was an article written by Tim Stillman for Ars Blog News. The Arsenal women began their Continental Cup defense with a 3-1 victory over Bristol City on Thursday night. Many players shone throughout the game, but one in particular who stood out for me was Catherine Cool. She put in a lot of effort, tackling and closing down players. Her footwork was flawless. And after the game, Arsenal women's head coach Jonas Eidevall complimented her on her improvement, qualities, and professionalism in training, despite the fact she hasn't played much of late. Saying, for me, she has all the attributes in order to be a great professional player. She's so comfortable on the ball. She's so comfortable operating in small spaces, and her work rate is phenomenal. She can cover so much distance. Where I think she has improved a lot is with her decision-making, knowing what to do with the ball and finding when it's good to have a forward pass. One thing I say with Kay is that she's such a good trainer. I think sometimes you see how people apply themselves in training, day in, day out, and you know that's a blueprint for becoming a really successful football player. She definitely follows that book. When I was watching The Young Vane, I believe she deserved more game time than the 12 minutes she'd played since the season started. Notably, she had yet to experience WSL football this season. She was an instant hit after signing from Nordjylland in January, making 11 league appearances and helping Arsenal finish third despite their injury woes. I remember reading a comment somewhere saying, Catherine Cool is now more solid than Kim and Leah put together, and I think we should advocate for Cool to start in more games. Frida Monum was a game-changer for Arsenal women during the 2022-23 season. Jonas Eidevall introduced her to the role of offensive midfielder, and she quickly made an impression. She played as if that role had been reserved for her, and Monum was revolutionary as an attacking midfielder in the same way that Granit Xhaka was for the men's team. Last season, Monum managed 43 appearances, scoring 18 goals and assisting on another 10. She played 3,328 minutes out of a possible 3,870 minutes, demonstrating her dependability. Unfortunately, she hasn't been at her best this season. Though she's featured five times in the WSL, she hasn't played as much as she did last season in those five games. Last season, she was the player Idaball looked to for creativity and attack, and she scored more goals for Arsenal women than any other player. This season, 
She's only played 210 out of the available 450 minutes she might have played. However, last season, our Gunners were stricken with an unbelievable number of injuries to first-team players, whereas now we have players returning such as Beth Mead and Vivian Medema, as well as a number of new players who signed for Arsenal women during Idaval's summer transfer window shopping fee. PSG wanted to trick her into joining them amidst her tricky time at Arsenal. The French site are, as per Les Parisiens, aiming to enhance their midfield, and have identified two players who will not compete in the UEFA Women's Champions League this season. They're eyeing Lena Oberdorf and Frida Monum. Although such a move would be tempting to the player, I doubt Idaval would let one of his key players depart. Notably, she just signed a new deal in the summer, so why would she leave now? That said, the Norwegian does need to find her form, and I believe she will. These last two articles have been written by Michelle Maxwell for JustArsenal.com. Jody Taylor will return to Arsenal women in an off-field role as a football services executive. Taylor spent two spells at the club as a player, including on a short-term loan during the spring before she officially retired in September. The 37-year-old played for the Gunners in 2016-2017 before making a surprise return on loan in March as an injury crisis gripped the Arsenal forward line. Taylor, who has enjoyed playing spells in the US, France, Sweden, and Australia, as well as England, has decided to join Arsenal once again, this time in an off-field role. An Arsenal statement reads, In the new role of football services executive, Jody will work closely with our head coach Jonas Eideval, our director of women's football Claire Wheatley, and our first team playing squad and technical staff to support the continued growth of Arsenal women. I'm really excited to be returning to Arsenal and taking on this new role, said Jody. I'm looking forward to working with Jonas, Claire, and the football leadership team across the club, as well as providing a link between the players and the staff. I love how well-respected and supported our women's team is, and I'm excited to continue to drive the high-performance culture within the club. Director of Women's Football, Claire Wheatley, said, We're so pleased to welcome Jody back to the club as our new football services executive. In this new position, Jody will help to support our continued growth and development by working closely with myself, Jonas, and the wider first-team playing and technical group. As a former Arsenal player, and as somebody with such wide experience across the women's game, we believe Jody is a wonderful fit to step back into this role and help us achieve our goal. This has been a recording by Arsenal Audible. All credit goes to the original authors. Thank you for listening. Thank you.